Hey y'all, and welcome to the very first ever Is That Like a Thing podcast, where the answer is always yes, and we most definitely will be talking about it. I am one of your hosts, Becky Leach, and I am here with my beautiful co-hosts, Crystal Yates and Megan Thurman, and our could not do it without her. This would not be happening. We are just her puppets. (laughs) We are just her puppets. Producer Emily Gentiles. Hello. Emily. 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 Woo. Y'all, this is a long time coming. We have been talking about this for, I think, six months at least, if not more. But Emily just moved to town and now we're actually doing it. (laughs) So we are excited to be here today and we're excited that y'all are here. Um, and this was born out of a desire, a deep desire to have authentic and vulnerable conversations in the confines of a churchy church environment, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, just as for believers, as believers, yeah. we would meet, uh, as we got to know each other, I just met, as you'll hear later, I just met Crystal and Megan in the last year or so. And, um, as we started to get to know each other, we would have these deep and real and heart wrenching conversations along with laughing until we tt'd in our pants and <laughs> we were like this is this is what is missing from so um many believers lives right now i feel like there's a lot of community uh, the deep authentic community that is missing and so we decided why don't we invite y'all in to the conversation with us so we can talk about all the things right that's right. So here we are. We're excited. Again, my name is Becky Leach. I am a wife uh, to my high school sweetheart, Jeff. I'm a mom to three kids, so I think I'm the winner here, right? I have the most. You have the most. I don't know. Is that a winner or is that? I don't know. The opposite. <laughs> I mean, I think it depends on the day. Uh, it depends on the day. Um, and I am a writer, a teacher, and an artist. Yeah, you are. And yeah, so this year, 2020, has sort of taken on a different role. I normally would be focused on teaching and writing, and then this year, God had different plans for me, which is um, the story of everybody's life this year, I guess. (laughs) But it's amazing, because it's like your art has taken off. It has, and it's crazy. It's it's just... uh, That's the Lord. Yeah, it's the Lord. It's really cool. It's really cool to watch him work and just be kind of his puppet, right? Like just going where he's taking me. So um, Crystal, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, Becky. I am also a mother, also a wife uh, to Will Yates. And Will Yates comes in here and sets up all of our Mm -hmm. equipment. We are thankful for him as well. We are thankful for Will. He comes in here and sets up our microphones and the computer. Just kidding. That uh, Emily is running now for us. But also a songwriter. So I'm not like a, a writer writer, but I'm a songwriter. I write with music. I love empowering people. I love sharing what God's done in my life. Um, And so that's kind of what I do these days. Uh, I'm a very creative, moving brain. And speaking of other creatives and songwriters, uh, I have Megan that is also a fellow worship leader. That's how we met. Hello. Through through worship leaning and songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. And God reconnected us after many years. (laughs) Are we going to tell the story on God? We'll blame it on the Lord. Hey, listen, in God's hands, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. We got put in a room together. Okay. We'd known each other for years and didn't dislike each other. Just no. didn't just 
Yeah. Didn't we connect. Just, it, it didn't, didn't connect. connect. Yeah. Anyway, but then we were at a writer's retreat and listen, <laughs> the hand of the Lord moved us in the same room together. Okay. <laughs> you know, the best idea and biggest mistake of... <laughs> true because with that night we sat up till like 6 a.m uh, we would stay up all <laughs> night like all night i'm not kidding you because they Literally. put us in a room together and they so put us i don't know two night owls in one room it does Hit not it make off for a good immediately because i you know i think some things had changed in crystal where i was like whoa you're a who are you yeah anyway we stayed up all night talking for two nights. Like, I'm not even kidding you because Crystal watches science movies. Or, <laughs> space. Uh, no, space. Sp- not space. Sorry. And it's d- not movies. It's a documentary. So she watches lectures, science lectures. That's what I'm saying. Space lectures. Space. Goodness. Astronomical anyway, or whatever. We wa- we, no, we whatever would that talk, fancy word is. We would talk till 530 in the morning. And then I'd be like, hey, Crystal. I gotta, I gotta get like 30 <laughs> minutes of sleep or something. And she's like, okay, no, that's cool. And she'd open up her computer and turn on <laughs> lectures and I'm like girl you gonna sleep she's like nah I'm good <laughs> and so, do you mind. really do you really not need a lot of sleep crystal oh I need I need it just I just don't. get it on the back half you well, decide not to do and then it we'd miss all our call time we got in a lot of trouble it was a oh, whole yeah. thing don't worry we, about it we but. missed a call time oh, and my it, goodness. it bound us for together for life and here we are podcast you know we're right? both in the naughty corner together though. what what satan uses for evil the lord uses <laughs> we that did get in trouble determined. and that did bind us didn't it, it did it did we got in trouble together and we were and and here we are i feel like though i feel like that's a normal getting in trouble together I, yes okay listen yeah, this podcast would not happen if it was just me and Crystal. Okay, that's all no. I have to say. It would just be a bunch of random conversation. Anyway, okay, I'm, I need to move on. Um, so, yes, Crystal. Uh, I am a, a mother of two beautiful daughters, and I'm a wife to a wonderful husband. I got married really young. I honestly did. How old were you? I was 20. I was either 21 or 22. <laughs> Wow, I was 20. Know. I think I was 22. It's just, I never, I never wanted that. And yeah. I never expected that in my life. I expected honestly to get married in my thirties. Like that just was in my mind. Anyway, obviously God had other plans, but we were married for about six years before we started having kids. Cause we just, I don't know. It was just fun. We lived in the East coast. No one has kids super early on the East coast. So anyway, we kind of did that. And so we have two wonderful daughters we are so grateful for. And you know, uh, but I would say that it was wonderful living, living away from Dallas. But I would also say, you know, it was, it stretched who I was. I was married so young that I didn't know who I was. I thought I wanted to go into visual merchandising. Like I rejected worship forever. Like, and I sang, I wanted to be a country singer, you know, but then we moved to Virginia. I, my parents were never like, yeah, you should be a singer. They're like, you need to get a college degree in something. And, and so, you're from here. Yeah, you're I'm from, from Dallas. Dallas. I just haven't lived here for a while. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, so, but God changed that. And I started leading worship, just volunteering with a girl who is just my friend even today. And she's who taught me how to be a worship leader, stayed there. But towards the end of being being on the East Coast, it just became very difficult. I would say like as a woman, there are certain things within the Christian community that you face if you are not like, if you don't fit within this personality box of like, 
sweet and I mean I'm funny but I would never say that I'm like yeah. mild mannered mild mannered sweet calm meek meek all at the same time you know like I just don't fit that mold and you know that is very difficult as a woman in the Christian community like if you don't fit in that mold so I just remember towards the very end you know as I started you know, working with someone and I just remember beginning to feel like just, I'm going to just put it laying on the table, like absolute garbage. Mm. And I remember just driving home saying to my husband, like, I just feel worthless, like trash. I feel like everything that I could possibly give is garbage to them. Like I'm a woman and that's not what they want. And Mm. I am not mild mannered. And that's, that's what they want. And I, and so it just became, and there's a lot more. I just try not to go (laughs) too detailed, but I just remember feeling like absolute garbage. Anyway, all that to say, had our second kid by a total miracle. My husband was interviewing for his MBA here in Dallas. He was just going to do it online from where we were at. And the person he was interviewing with is a family friend. He said, would you ever want to move down here? And Corey was like, you know, maybe, mm. maybe. And that's the first time we'd ever considered it. And so literally two months later, he had accepted a job at a church. And it's a church I never would have ever considered. But we moved down there. And I have never felt more valued as a woman mm. As a woman in leadership, like the expectation is not sweet and submissive. The expectation is what is your gifting and make sure you're walking in it. Mm. And so it's just incredible. But I would say that that move, it took a long time for me to kind of get back on my feet from feeling like truly garbage. And I'd say that's partially on me. Like I should never make someone allow someone to make me feel like that. Mm. Um, But I just through that, I remember just being on my knees in our new home, just praying to the Lord, like, Lord, I don't have anything to give you, but I give you what I've got. And I just remember he started mending up my heart and he brought people into my life to help me. And, and, you know, I was leading worship at an event this past weekend and a woman named Rebecca Carroll, she was the preacher for it. And she said, she said this in her sermon, the Lord will never divorce purpose from Mm. the pain. He will never divorce that. And I was just thinking, it it put chills through my body when I heard that. And I thought, Lord, that's so right. That's not in your character. That's not who you are. Mm. You are the restorer. You, that's who you are. You are the, the restoration in our life and in our hearts and our relationships. So you will never divorce purpose from the pain. And that is probably, I would say like my season, if I could define my season over the past two and a half years is the Lord never divorces purpose Mm. from pain because through the pain, the Lord showed me what my purpose was. And I would say like, I think that probably through the pain, that's how God reveals to us our purposes Mm -hmm. that he has for us. And you know, Becky, I, we were talking about this and we were talking about how you and I met Mm -hmm. and I never knew this, but when we first met, the first night we met, you were going through one of the darker times in your life. And I just commented to you, and I will say it again, like you could have said, excuse me, Megan, it's so nice to meet you, but I need a second to talk (laughs) with my friend, Crystal, because I met you with Crystal. But you didn't. 
you allowed me in to that moment and you allowed me to pray over you with Crystal. And I just, I think that there's a graciousness when we're going through our pain that we can show or we can like cat scratch everyone around us. Mm -hmm. I probably go towards the cat scratch everyone around (laughs) us. And I think that you just handle that so graciously. But I know that you have a lot to say about finding purposes in the midst of pain. Well, I mean, I think that's such a beautiful way to put what God does in all of our lives. I mean, I think that's why we're all sitting here, all four of us. I mean, is because Mm -hmm. God allows redemption um, and it doesn't always look the way that we want it to look. I know in my life it has not. Re- the redemptive spirit of God has not done the reconciliation work that I wanted him to do. Um, but he's done a lot more, yeah. um, if that makes sense. So just for um, the backstory, um, I grew up in the church. I was there every time the doors opened. Um, I think Megan was like that. I don't know. Emily was the yeah, same way. Totally. Crystal has a little different story than I do. <laughs> Raised um, heathen. Yes. Uh, hey, but, but, we just, but we love you. But we love you. Um, but so I was, I, I was raised in the church. Um, we moved around a lot, but we were always involved. My mom was a Bible study teacher. My dad taught Sunday school. You know, I met my husband in the church um, at youth group and, um, you know, we were always there and I was really good at faking it and, um, you know, pretending like everything was fine. We had everything together uh, or looked like it on the outside. And to make a long, very long story short, um, basically at the beginning of 2018, I was dealing with some really crippling anxiety. Like my body literally felt like it was going to implode on itself, Mm -hmm. um, both physically and mentally and spiritually and all the things. And, and so there was a moment where I had a panic attack, um, in New York city, uh, at a restaurant eating breakfast with my husband and our best friends. And I was like, oh, I feel like the world is literally caving in on me. I can't breathe. And um, went outside and Jeff came out and he was like, I think it's time for you to go see a counselor. And that's one thing I think all of us will harp on throughout this entire journey of podcasting is Do that it. everyone needs a therapist. Yeah. Everyone needs to talk to somebody about the things going on in your life. Um, there's nothing wrong with processing emotions and processing the things. And so I went uh, to a counselor at the beginning of 2018 in January. And I said, you know, I, this is what's going on with my body. Oh, and by the way, there's this other thing. And, um, I didn't think that it was a big deal at the time. Um, I know that look sounds so impossible looking back on it, uh, today, but, um, so I had held a secret for my entire life for 20 years. Um, I had pretended that it hadn't happened, but I also acknowledged that it did happen. It wasn't a denial. Uh, but uh, from the ages of 12 until I left for college, 18, I was repeatedly and systematically and methodically and all the things uh, molested uh, by my dad. And I had not told anybody about it. I had not, you know, Jeff and I started dating when we were 16. and. So he 
was around when it was actually happening. Um, not physically around, but he was in my life when it was happening. And so 2018 was the year of freedom for me and for my family. And we kind of walked through that story and it was awful and hard. And as a result, you know, my parents got a divorce, which was my worst nightmare at the time. I thought that was, you know, I carried that as a guilt from myself. It was heart-wrenching and it still is, you know, God hates divorce. We all believe that, but it was also the right thing to do, uh, for my mom. And, um, anyway, the night that I met Megan, it was as a result of this ministry that was born out of the pain of my story, which is called Free Too. Uh, and we're all involved in that ministry now. And um, that was our second event. It's a quarterly meeting, uh, or it was mm-hmm. supposed to be before pre-COVID, yes. a quarterly um, meeting. And it was our second meeting, a time of testimony and prayer and worship together. And uh, she was, Crystal had brought Megan in as one of the worship leaders. And we met that night right after I had found out some new information about my father. And um, it was just I was probably the darkest moment of my life. I mean, to be honest, my life. Um, And I had gotten into a place where I could no longer have surface level conversations. Mm. Like I'm not going to, I cannot, I don't have time. I don't have bandwidth for the surface friendships. I mean, I, we can have fun and we can, I am all about going to a birthday party We're and having a good time. Girls, yeah. okay? no, I, I'm just saying like in, in relationships, you know, like, yeah, I am, love fun. I, I'll go and hang out and have a girl's night with people. But if I'm going to be in a relationship with you, I want you in my business and I'm going to be in yours. Yeah. And, and, and Megan, I had already like Crystal had connected us, you know, on social media, whatever. And so I was like, you, you just come in. You're just, you're going to be in the fold and I can just tell. And, and it was just a sweet, it was a sweet night of worship for me. And I just remember standing in the back of that room, worshiping Mm -hmm. when y'all were singing. I am not a worship leader. (laughs) (laughs) I'm friends with a lot of them and I want to, and I love worship, but I just remember holding my arms up and just being like, God, I believe that you are exactly who you say you are, even though I don't understand what you're doing here. And so um, I do think it's really awesome that we're doing this and that we are wanting to give people a place to have Mm -hmm. conversations like this because it's rare and it shouldn't be so. So um, Crystal, tell us a little bit about how your story um, intertwines with mm-hmm. ours because you and I met as a result yes. of pain and, yes. the, and the same, you know, the same type of um, idea. I had been, um, I had met our dear friend, Chrissy Dunham. Mm-hmm. We love Chrissy. We love Chrissy. She's awesome. Um, a fellow podcaster. Fellow po- yeah. Um, and she came to a women's conference that I did at Disney World. And we're both from Texas but we end up at this women's conference and I led worship for it. And her and I connected on a deep level because of worship. Um, and I shared my story at that. I shared other stories. Uh, we all prayed together at this conference. And then Chrissy began to talk to me about leading worship for 
one of her events, women's events she was going to be putting on. And when I did, the second year I did it is when she brought the women in her life out to tell their stories. And you were one of those stories. And when you were sharing your story, it really hit my heart. This is such a big deal that this is almost like you are coming out of a, a dark place that you had been closed off and coming out and shining brightly for the Lord saying, this happened to me. I'm not a, you were really shedding shame. I was watching it happen. And that was the, that was the first night we met. And yes. what I think is interesting about that night was, I mean, that was my church. Yeah. That was where I grew up at church, where my dad taught Sunday school. It was a big deal. It was my family church. And my mom, you know, was sitting there in the audience with, you know, no one knew at that point. I mean, my close friends knew at that point, but, and I just remember sitting up there praying and you and Will coming up Hmm. and it wasn't planned and it was just a Holy Spirit moment. Yeah. And, um, we were, it's like we were connected at that point in time. And I I was thankful that Chrissy allowed that when we Mm -hmm. were talking and dreaming about her, um, event I was like, what if we just, you know, when the spirit's leading, do you, and she's like, I trust you. She gave me that ball and said, you take and you go. And some really deep things happened at that. And, um, the reason I feel like I recognized that God was really doing something is because as a young girl, I hid Mm -hmm. a lot. I hid so, so much. I, I found out later in life that I was dyslexic my whole life and I didn't know it. So I was always overcompensating with my personality, trying to dazzle, trying to be the life of the party. Um, Mm -hmm. I still am. (laughs) Let's get that straight. (laughs) I enjoy walking into a room and uh, dispensing joy. (laughs) When I am in a room, you're going to know I'm in the room. (laughs) um, Sometimes that's a blessing and sometimes it's not. (laughs) But up until I was 18, there was a lot of overcompensating and trying to be the life of the party and be something when I was really hurting inside and really trying to hide that I felt less than, that I felt um, that I wasn't enough. And so I began this lifestyle of being, I mean, called the life of the party. They would, they would call me that. So I began partying in middle school. And I partied. Living up to the expectation that was placed on you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the one I wanted people to see. I never, um, I hid all my things. I would always love to open up conversations and let people, other people go deep, but I would rush past anything because I felt so much shame because there was a lot going on in my life. Um, I grew up in a, you know, in a good home. My family was, they're good people, but there are some things that happened and, you know, I did not walk, but what you threw went through Becky and my family, but I walked through some things like that outside. Um, just some, I'd been abducted when I was five and, um, I had been crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, went through a rape and, uh, I went through so much. Uh, and when I got 18, I had lived so much life and been so surface that I imploded at 18. I couldn't house it Mm -hmm. anymore. I couldn't be the life of the party. My, life of the party battery was dead <laughs> and I didn't know what was happening. I, I found out I was losing my scholarship. It was only my first semester in school and they were warning me, you're going to lose your scholarship. It's because I was partying so hard, uh, to try to mask. We wear masks and we do things. Um, and that was mine. And so at 18, I remember walking up 
in my room the day that I found out that my I was in danger of losing this brand new scholarship, which, which it was a miracle I had a scholarship because I barely made, like we celebrated when it was like, oh, she got all C's. Woo. <laughs> you know, like, hey, she she did it. But here I am. Here I am at 18. I'm imploding. I'm I'm like I've been living off the goodwill of others. <laughs> Um, and it was not working for me anymore. It yeah. stopped working. And so when it stopped working, um, and I think God allowed it to stop working because he was ready for me. Mm-hmm. It was the fullness of time moment, just like it was for each one of us, that yeah. fullness right. of time. Jesus was born. Well, Jesus is born right in the middle of our circumstances in the fullness of time. And that was my moment where I went upstairs and I cried my eyes out and I thought, I was so um, full of pain and hurt and regret and housing so much shame. I thought this is, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm, I want to live anymore because I'm not sure I can, because I don't, I don't think that this God, my granny had told me about, cause I wasn't raised in church. I was raised, like I said earlier, heathen, uh, but I had good family. I mean, there were, there were sweet parents. Um, and they're, they're still awesome. Um, but and they believe in the Lord, but we just didn't go to church. I was the kid that they picked up, you know, mm-hmm. with the church van, uh, and, and took to vacation Bible school. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm prayed that day when I was on my knees and I just remember telling, saying, God, if you're real, I need to know, but I don't want to know if you can't love me. Mm-hmm. And about an hour after just crying and praying, um, I got a phone call from a lady that I had, my granny had sent me to this summer camp from this little church down the street. And this is like five years has passed since I went to the summer camp. And this sweet lady calls me on the phone the day that I prayed that prayer and I was crying out to God. And she said, um, she had been praying that day and she had to look up my number and call me. This is back when there were phone books, y'all telling my age. (laughs) She looked my number up in a phone book and called me to tell me when she was praying that the Lord had just impressed upon her to find me and tell me that God had a plan for my life and that he loved me. And it was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And what I love about this, these relationships that we all have is that we know each other's stories. Um, we don't hide, there's no hiding with us. Mm-hmm. And I love that our stories are very different. That you kind of get walk- what you get with us for sure. That's, that's very true. Um, I think because we have been there where we did hide for a time. Each right. one of us has right. and saw how destructive it is. Mm-hmm. And so I love that about all of us. I love Becky. You were going to church, but you weren't living the life that was, you would think it's is just expected. A, it's not a, ch- a fullness. Like yeah. it, I, I just feel like we've gotten to a place where we're like, we don't, life is so short. We don't have time to waste it being fake, yeah. you know? And the fullness of joy that, scripture talks about often is really only found or in my experience found in being exactly who God made you to be. And that means all the stuff that has been piled on in the world because of the world, you know, and, and letting God redeem it, not hiding it. I mean, I feel like in the church, we grow up thinking we have to hide that kind of stuff. Instead of allowing God's redemptive power where someone's going to come in and be like, oh, you couldn't do that, Crystal. Only mm-hmm. God could j- right. do that. And that's where he shines. You know what I mean? 
And that's and that's kind of how we um, Megan and I were talking and just talking about li- her life and what God did in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, she was she's a PK, right? Your mm-hmm. pastor's mm-hmm. kid. Yep. Raised, did the things, did the thing. Probably sang in the choirs, sang in the choir, did all the things. Yep. Um, and then she had a fullness of time moment with the yeah. Lord while in ministry. Yeah. And I just love her story because it's so different than mine. And yeah. I think so many of uh, our friends that are listening are going to be able to relate to what you've walked through, Megan, and just share a little bit of your story with. Yeah, them. you know, I think just, uh, I think I've already kind of said a little bit of where I was at when right before God kind of changed my direction and changed my time. And that's how the Lord works in my life is like seasons, like honestly, it feels like 10 year chunks. And so he changed, I got married and it totally changed the trajectory of my life. We moved far, far away. And then I got comfortable in that. And, and I mean that in a good way, like I followed the Lord. He really led through a series of like desert times. And I, started to flourish in those 10 years of what he called me to do, which was be a worship leader. And so I was a worship leader and I loved it. And then about 10 years later, another huge change in our life when we moved back to Dallas and, but it was during that change, I had, I had to make the choice. So when I got married and God changed the trajectory of my life 10 years before I got really mad at him and I didn't talk to him for like a year. I'm not even kidding you. Like, and I remember you got mad at the Lord, mad at the Lord. Mad of the Lord, for sure. Like We've I, all been there. I didn't talk to him for like a year. I'm serious. It was our, my first year of marriage. And I feel so bad for my husband because he would just be like, are you okay? Are you <laughs> like, saved? No, I'm not. I'm not okay. And my, I'm an Thanks Enneagram A, so it's like, it, it's like rage. It's not yeah. sadness. Sadness comes like a long way past. It comes, it, it like brings up the, it's the caboose. <laughs> Rage is what is always there at the forefront. And so anyway, I was just angry at the Lord because he changed my dreams and he changed what I wanted. And anyway, so fast forward 10 years, God's changing the trajectory again. And I'm like, wait, am I even called to ministry? I don't even know. Like, I feel like absolute garbage. It was one of the lowest times of my life, if not the lowest time of my life, other than the 10 years before. But I remember saying, I will not become angry at the Lord. I will not. I did it already. It didn't work. It did nothing for me. So now, Lord, I will not be angry at you. And so we moved back to Dallas. And I just remember there's three months where I was just like, what in the world is going on? But I will not be angry at you. And so, you know, I I was at a place where I just didn't feel like I had anything to offer other than being like a wife and a mom and even not a good one at that. But I just felt empty. You know, but I would say... God brought me to a place of saying, Lord, if you never gave me anything more than this, this is more than enough, mm-hmm. like of gratitude and realizing, listen, I'm never going to get everything I want and I'm never going to be every place I want. And God is going to lead my path, my story down paths I will never expect. And that's just reality and mm-hmm. that's life. And mm-hmm. that's God at work in my life. The test and the choice is finding gratitude in my place where I'm at and finding contentment in the place where I'm at because that's where God has me now. And so I just remember thinking, Lord, if you never gave me anything else, this is more than enough, more than enough. And and then after getting to that point, the Lord took me down what I will affectionately be be calling it from here on out, 
the road of reconciliation. <laughs> and I literally mean, as an Enneagram 8, there were a lot of people I had to call and apologize to. And I had to reconcile. And that's why I think I'm so big on you must reconcile. The Lord calls you to it, and it sets you free. Reconciliation. No, I know. I, I know what you're saying. She's, she's, Megan's looking at me like, there's exceptions. There's exceptions. There's boundaries. <laughs> there's there boundaries. boundaries. But I'm saying in a normal relationship, that does not include certain things like yeah. abuse, yeah. Uh, 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 those kind of things. In normal relationships, reconciliation is the, like, it's the gateway to like even I feel like God using your life like mm-hmm. you I must agree. reconcile and it's so, a gift reconciliation is a gift and it doesn't it is. and for me I do feel like I feel like the reconciliation that is possible has been done and yeah. now it's not like it's, it's not, not on, on me anymore that's yes that's my point yes totally is as long as you've done your part of yeah, reconciliation, totally. saying, okay, Lord, help me reconcile to the best of my ability mm-hmm. that you've called me to, uh, creating boundaries where it's necessary, like, let me do that. Let me walk in unity and reconciliation. And so I did that. And then that's when the Lord started showing me my new purposes. Like, mm-hmm. I still am leading worship. I love leading worship. But I've discovered I love to teach. I like to talk about the Lord. And I like telling people in five seconds versus three minutes. That's what a song takes. I like telling people in five seconds, like, here are the facts about Jesus. And whether you like it or not, know it or not, this is what is true. And so it's just been amazing making my Here's One Thing videos has been amazing. But I love, I love, Mm -hmm. by the way. I guys, I thank you so much. I love them. It's a it's a work, it's a labor of love, let me tell you. But I do love making them. But I would just say that God showed me my purposes after me surrendering myself Mm -hmm. to him and not just surrendering the parts I want to, but surrendering like my bad stuff and my brokenness to Mm -hmm. him as well. I have been praying, okay, Lord, what are my, what's, what's the things? What's the hopes? What's the dreams? Um, and so what do y'all think? Have y'all been praying about that yet? Um, do we even make hopes and dreams for 2020? <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I was saying, I was saying to the Lord, like, what are your hopes and dreams? I was L- trying. Let me tell you, I, I will say, and I, I will say, I told the girls this before we started today, every single thing that I'm doing now, short of being a wife and a mom, which is, you know, you dream, I dreamt about when I was a little girl, uh, nothing was in my plan. Nothing, mm-hmm. not one thing. Writing, teaching, mm-hmm. being a politician's wife, which we have on Girl, Um, being an artist, none of those things. Being in ministry were in my plan. So and now do you, I even make plans? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a valid question. Like it goes against everything we're taught. Mm-hmm. Even in the Christian community, just like we're taught, like create your dreams, like manifest, make it happen, make it happen, whatever. All the words, all the words. And, you know, to a certain extent, I like it because I'm like, I would just let life happen to me if I didn't set them. That's just my Maybe nature. that's what I'm doing. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying like also, that. you know, that's not a bad thing. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking. I, you know what I think? Okay. <laughs> Here's here's what I think. I think that... What do you think? I think that we can make... Um, it says what? Man makes the plans in his heart, but, but God... the Lord determines his steps. The Lord orders mm-hmm. his steps. He determines them. You're right. Okay. To me, it's where the, it's the steps that get janky. It's usually the promise 
happens, it doesn't happen the way we expect. Yeah, that's a good and word, I think Crystal. sometimes it's okay to know you have promise on your life to make goals, but then surrender what it's going to look like when mm. your promise land gets there. Because if you don't have the character while making the steps up, mm -hmm. up to where you're climbing, you're not going to be able to handle mm -hmm. what God gives, gives you. And so I think, I, I just think that we can, we can make those goals, which I'm excited we're going to talk about in our next and episode. I was gonna say. Yes, we're going to talk about goals and resolutions. Is that like a thing? We think so. But, you know, but also with We're also with trying to intention. figure it out. We're trying to figure yeah. it out. Obviously. <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> and so I think that's the thing that we have to keep in mind is just being in a place of, okay, God, here's, here's what I have on my heart to do. Mm -hmm. But, hey... <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to do your job and order my steps. This you, is what you I have never in my tell, heart. You never tell the Lord how to well, do this job. Well, of course I do, and that's why I came to this place. <laughs> that's like my go-to is like, God, you said you uh -huh. would do this. Yeah. I'm just waiting. I mean, I'm, if it looked the way longer. legit, I'm like, Lord, here I am. I spray that all the time. I'm like, hello. I'm like over here in the corner. I'm like, I'm here. I have it tattooed on my foot. Send me. Come on. Just send me. Let's go. Move on. Let's God's move on. Like, no thanks. Next thing. <laughs> but I do. I think that you guys are probably doing what you know is on your heart in a way to do. It just doesn't look how you thought it would look. Yeah. Like. Have I told y'all this my college story? No. Mm -mm. About going to the college, my advisor in my freshman year. So I went to Baylor, and you know when you go to your advisor before you are a freshman, I guess, mm -hmm. like the summer orientation, and they act like you're about to make the biggest decision of your entire life, oh. right? When you have to like pick your classes and your major and stuff and the pressure is like real. It's so real. It's so real. And he said, well, you know, what do you think you want to major in? And I was like, oh, well, I'm deciding between three things. And he goes, oh, well, that's good. You've narrowed it down, blah, blah, blah. So my three things were interior design, okay, accounting, what, or elementary education, okay? Could they get, Emily's laughing. I feel like, could they get, I see it, I don't know. Could they get any more different? I mean, for real. And he kind of laughed at me and he was like, well, I don't know. I'm gonna have trouble finding classes that fit and all of those <laughs> requirements. And then, you know, years later, I ended up um, on a mission trip in Africa and this is where the Lord called me to ministry. Um, but I thought I was there to adopt a child, which, was not the case. <laughs> God had different plans, as, as he always does. As he always does. Um, and I ended up. I had a business at the time. It, I was painting signs, and I ended up teaching women about business, having a creative business, mm -hmm. which is all of those things. Because mm -hmm. I got I ended up with an interior design degree, so I took all these design classes and art classes and all that. And so I do see it. I do mm -hmm. see how God worked. Yeah, yeah. Those were, you know, the, it's like the writing on the wall, but I could never make that happen. Mm -hmm. An advisor could never make that happen. Mm -hmm. I didn't see how they all wove together. Yeah. But it's cool. It's it's cool how, you're right, God like gives you talents and gives you these threads in your life, and we don't ever really know or understand how they're all going to 
weave this beautiful tapestry. Oh my gosh. I was undecided till junior year in college. <laughs> I went through three advisors. I finally found an advisor who got me and basically it's just figure out how to get me graduated. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, you took a lot of art classes and a few art, art history. Take this one graphic design class and you can graduate with a graphic design degree. Stop. I legit took one class. I enjoyed it, but I really just want to get graduated. I graduated with a graphic design degree. Have I... I have learned all that I know from YouTube. Okay, let me just tell you. <laughs> but I will say, like, I, my minor was biblical studies. My major was graphic design. And you're doing that with your I'm videos. I'm technically doing that now. Right. I'm using graphic design. Use I don't hate it. I'm making the videos. I don't hate it. And I'm teaching. And I'm, I never thought I'd be a worship leader in my life, but I just grew up in a complementarian Christian environment where women don't do anything. But that's another story that's for another, another day. episode. Well, <laughs> Megan, um, what is the one thing, like the the thread throughout your life that you feel like you see now coming to pass? Mm, like as good, you look at that, that's a good question. what do you see that God put in your heart? Like I wanted to be a teacher. I thought that meant like in a school. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and then Becky, you wanted to do all those things and you thought it looked like this. What would you say that you're doing now? Um, I... I was telling the Lord yesterday, <laughs> Lord, I want to tell whoever I can about you in mm -hmm. whatever way I can. And so yeah. I will try to tell them in whatever way I can. I will make the Here's One Things videos. I will sing about you. I will write music about you. I will write things about you. And I will tell the Starbucks barista about you. I will do everything. I will tell whoever I can about you and not just from a platform stage, but like from in your life, in my life, mm -hmm. like you can't have one without the other. And honestly, I don't have anything past that right now. <laughs> like I was you're doing that. And you so are. I'm going to try to as you best are I can. doing it. You, yeah. you minister so beautifully through worship and you tell people about Jesus mm -hmm. through that and you have friendships. And I'm, I'm one of the people that I, I definitely benefit mm -hmm. from your perspective and how you see God. It speaks to me in ways I couldn't see him if you weren't there. Right. And so I know um, we're going to be talking about those goals, those resolutions. and Yes, all the... What about y'all? What about me? What are y'all's? Ooh. My resolution? I don't have, I don't have well, anything right I, now. I, mm, okay. Wow. All right. No, seriously, I feel like I, I feel like I could not have predicted this year. Well, nobody could have, but like, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's another story, right? <laughs> Who knew <laughs> what was coming? Um, no, I feel I feel st at total peace, just being like, Lord, here I am. Send me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, whatever, that is. whatever. You know, you know. There's a verse that there is a verse. I, I, I'm going to tie it back to um, that has been. This is. I don't want to say this is my life verse because I feel like that changes yeah. all the time because my life changes yeah. and my seasons change. But this verse, Hebrews 12, is something. That oh, I just took Christmas. No, verse. I'm excited because okay. that verse is important. So to me. I love this verse, and this is where I feel like free to and my testimony has been born from. It's and it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole visual of throwing off every weight and sin so that we can run free, It just embodies what I want for my life right now Mm -hmm. so that I can run towards Jesus so that we can tell other other people about Jesus. And I see so many women and men Mm -hmm. in the church that are not running free, that they Mm -hmm. love Jesus Mm -hmm. and they love God and they want to minister and they want to serve and they want to do all these things, but they are literally weighed down. Whether it's sin that they are committing and participating in Or like if they are weighed down by the world because the world, I'm sorry, the world is heavy. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I would be lying to you right now if I didn't tell you that my relationship with the Lord is not where I want it to be. Mm. And that sucks for me to sit here in a room full of wonderful women who love Jesus and I know y'all's walks Mm -hmm. and say that and not feel totally convicted, but at the same time, I'm in a place where I feel so dry Mm -hmm. spiritually that it's almost like I don't even feel convicted about it Mm -hmm. because I'm that dry. And you guys, it does not take long to be, to dry up. It really, really, really doesn't. We've all been there. I I know it. I know it's, it's not a new place. It's not something that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get out of this. Yeah. It's like, it just sucks to, it be, just sucks to be here. Cause yeah. I'm like, I, I mean, I, even yesterday I was like, Lord, why aren't you moving in my life? Well, you're not, I'm not moving because you're not spending time with me. You're not listening. You're yeah. not asking me questions. You're just telling me what you want to do and doing it, you know, mm. and yeah. throwing up some gratitude here and there, you know, <laughs> Splashing something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you for that sale Thanks, right there. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's important, though, in our walks, Becky, because if we don't get thirsty. Yeah. And I think that by design, when we get parched, you know, when we get in there and we um, start feeling dry, you're going to thirst again. Mm-hmm. Like, and when you thirst after him, he's going to fill you. And we've all been there. Like, it's mm-hmm. not... We've all been to that place where we don't feel that connection that we yeah. had at one point in time. And I think it's it's because he's taking us somewhere new. Yeah. And we can't stay where we've been. And, um, you know, there's that scripture that talks about Jesus was led by the Spirit of God out in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Mm-hmm. The wilderness is a place where we run out of resources, where we are dry, we're parched, we're, you know... And I think that God's spirit can even lead us to those mm-hmm. places because it know like the, the, our souls will start to yearn and, and crave God once we get to a place where we get so cracked and, mm. and so desperate. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we just let him lead us and we go from wilderness to wilderness to mountaintop to mountaintop right. and mm-hmm. all the places in between. And I think that that's okay. So if, I mean, if our friends that are listening with us, if you're there, I love that you just shared that Becky, because mm-hmm. people can relate to that. That's hey, real. David was there. Psalm yeah. 63. Yeah. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Yeah. Like you're saying, I just feel dry. Like David was there. Mm-hmm. If yeah. David is going to be there, anyone <laughs> is going to be there. Okay. Let me tell you. 
And so I do feel a little bit like my wilderness seasons have been on the cusp of a spiritual breakthrough. Totally. An awakening. So you are. And that's what I love about this. And that's why we have, is that like a thing? Because we want everyone to come and be part of having the conversations. There's no hiding. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, There is the God, it says, you know, he, his light shines on us. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Light reveals. Mm Mm-hmm. And God's heart for us is to be fully revealed, not just before him, but I think before each other. And that back, I mean, I hate to say this, but back to that garden and that nakedness, I think it represents um, vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability. Humility towards one another. Yes, seeing all things. Nothing is covered, nothing is hidden. Yeah. And so this is why we're here. Yeah. And we're here with you all um, and all of our friends that are listening. And we want to invite you along this journey with us. Yeah, we're really excited. Mm-hmm. We're excited to be here. We're excited to be actually doing it, doing the thing. <laughs> and um, we hope that you guys will stay tuned. We're going to continue this conversation on the next episode of Is That Like a Thing? And we're going to be talking about resolutions and goals. If you have them, if you don't have them, it's okay as well. Hey, obviously... <laughs> It's all right. We don't have to figure it out. um, In the meantime, follow us um, on Instagram, on Facebook. Tag us if you have a thing that you think is a thing that you want us to talk about or you want to dive into. So, um, anyway, follow us, like us, tell us what you think, and we'll see y'all next time on Is That Like a Thing? Bye.